Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, myself and David the Man of God Harris calling in. Frank Bastion calling a little bit later. Had to record the show for you. Make sure you always check out WGTs After Further Review on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Uh, it's WGTs After Further Review with a picture of Frank Bastion and the horse's head. If you missed the show, which is usually live Saturdays on your FM dial from about 11.30 to 1.30, uh, we always have our segments recorded on our basically social media platforms, which is also Facebook after further review. And we'll post the links to our podcast on AFR Sports Show on Twitter, but on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just make sure you subscribe, put it in WHT's after further review with the picture of Frank Basher and the horse's head, and you can listen to our segments. I got David the Man of God here is here on the phone lines and talking a little bit about the mock NFL draft 1.0. Starting out here in early March, and uh, he's going to do the first 11 picks or so. So, David, uh, kind of go ahead and uh, take it away. As you know, we usually get into some of our um, actual um, music here with the NFL like this. Oh, man. It never gets old, does it, David? Seems like the NFL is all year round. Seems like the Super Bowl just ended a few days ago. And, you know, they had the Underwear Olympics, a.k.a. the NFL Draft. By the way, Tyson Anderson from the University of Toledo ran a 4-3, which is pretty good. He's also a St. John's grad, and I helped coach him. I was on the St. John's staff when he was actually going to St. John's Jesuit High School here in the local area. But, David, uh, let's get into your... Uh, your actual uh, picks here. First 11 picks of the NFL draft for 2022, your mock draft. Go. All right. It's always good to be back in the saddle here. Kind of another year, another opportunity to figure out where some of the select best college players are going to hear their names called. And at least for the next couple of years, unless you're in Jacksonville, then you'll get traded for the end of your rookie contract because that's just the MO in Jacksonville. But Sticking with Duval with the number one overall pick. A lot of people have been saying, oh, they're going to go offensive line. I I think you just go with the best player available. And I said it when we were talking about the Heisman Trophy and the college football playoff. Aiden Huckerson was the best player in college football last season. And I think that as the best player in college football, he should go number one overall. And so I have, with the number one overall pick in this year's 2022 NFL Mock Draft 1.0, Jacksonville Jaguars, like Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan. Wow. So the Jaguars got back-to-back <laughs> uh, number one picks. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, when, I mean, when you stink, you stink. And, mm-hmm. I mean... If we're just going to be honest, they really don't 
Like they don't have a, an elite quarterback. We're just going to you know call a spade a spade. Everyone say, oh, it's rookie year, but with all the hype that he, they were saying he was going to come and set the world on fire, yeah, he looked a little middle of the roadish to me. Right. So we'll we'll see if he is able to kind of turn and develop into that star player, but it is definitely going to take at least towards by the end of his rookie deal. He's going to need some time. So why why draft him if it's going to take time for them? Oh. You said you're going with Aiden Hutchinson, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is what McShay is going with. So we got David Kuyper, and then, you know, there's usually Frank McShay. But, all right, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I also think that for Jacksonville, knowing that offensively they were, like, middle of the road, mm-hmm. Jacksonville should go back to what their bread and butter was and what made Jacksonville feel that AFC – championship game participant, that team that was dominating the AFC South before the Titans. It was their defense. It was the likes of Jalen Ramsey. It was the likes of kind of Calais Campbell and the other members of that front seven. It was their defense that made Jacksonville like football relevant because the offense was always garbage. Like they had spots here or there, but it was really that defense. So I think if I'm Jacksonville, I'm going back to my bread and butter, build up the defense, Get some pass rush. Kind of use this defense to really help solidify. You use the track to solidify your defense, and then just let the offense figure itself out. So that—that's what I would do. Oh, okay. Yeah, that—that that totally makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you're going with Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan. Next pick is uh, Frank's favorite team, the Detroit Kittens. I mean, Lions. What do you got? And, and this is also, I think, for sure, they're going to go defense. Um, I was seeing a lot of mock drafts. think that they'll go safety, Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get Frank's thoughts on whether they should go safety or where I'm going to go. I think because a lot of mock drafts were saying Aiden Hutchinson to Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson for Detroit. If you're going to go and everyone's saying you need to go edge rush, then just go edge rush. And so for me, I would go – Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end, the edge rusher out of Oregon. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because, if Aiden Hutchinson's already taken because, at the number one yeah. pick, why would he go, how can he go to the Lions if he's already taken? <laughs> just, well, I mean, he, he could always, you know, drop, pull an Eli Manning and right. just, you know, force his way kind of back home to, to Detroit. But mm-hmm. I, I think if, if you're going to go edge rush, and that's a big need that a lot of people have addressed, if you know that defense has always been a struggle for you, you can you can get secondary players because I think this draft is deep in secondary and safe, you know, what secondary players. Um, so get the second best edge rusher for a good chunk of the season. Statistically, he was neck and neck with Hutchinson. Now, obviously, Tibolo had injuries that forced him to miss a couple games, and that's what led to Oregon just falling off the face of the earth. But I think when he's healthy, when he's able to be on the field, he's dominant and he's going to cause issues. So I think you just take the best available player at a position of need mm-hmm. and go defensive end with Tibodeau. Okay, number three, and that is the Houston Texans. What a mess! What a mess indeed. There's nineteen thousand different ways. Yeah. The Texans could go. Some are saying, do you 
get a quarterback here at three because you don't know who your quarterback's going to be. Yeah, I would probably go with a quarterback. Edge rush? Do you go linebacker? I think for me, you got to address offensive line because if you don't have any offensive line, as we've seen with the past couple of drafts, that like that offensive line is growing more and more important. We saw it with not just um, the lack of an offensive line with Cincinnati getting to the Super Bowl and that always being a pressure, but seeing how certain teams elevated really when they had the offensive line, I think is is important. So for the Texans, I'm going to go Evan Neal, the offensive lineman out of Alabama. You can go who? With it. Sure. Evan Neal, the okay. offensive lineman out of Alabama. Okay, nice. Yeah, because Houston did allow 44 sacks last season, ninth most. And their passing block rate was pretty 27th in the NFL. Yeah, and that, and that's what, you know, Joe Schmoe's <laughs> kind of back there. I mean, like, if you can name a quarterback, like any of the quarterbacks that was there, I'd be impressed. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, you you got to protect whoever you're going to get. And if you do get a quarterback in this draft – Got to keep them upright. Right. So as we continue. Number four is the Jets. The the first of the, I guess, like many first round picks in the state of New York (laughs) with the Jets. Uh, And I'm not going to butcher his name because I've heard it a different couple ways. I'm going to go with Ekwonu, the Tackle from North Carolina State, I think, again. You know what's crazy you have is? A young cra- quarterback. What's crazy is they're both outside tackles, but you and McShay have them flip. They got the Ikuno. What's his name? Ikima? Ikuono. Ikuomo at three and Evan Neal at four, and you have them switch with Evan Neal at three and what's his face at four. Crazy. Notice there's no quarterbacks in the top four either, and Houston, Texas probably need a quarterback. Yeah, and, and like I would understand if they did go quarterback here, but I think for long term durability, if you don't have anyone to protect your quarterback, then why get the quarterback? True, true, true. And I think kind of for both Houston and the Jets, with Equinu going to the Jets at four, you're solidifying and rebuilding that offensive line because Zach Wilson took hits last year. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's supposed to be the guy that you're building around for the long term. Can't build around a quarterback that, yes, he has that brass bravado kind of moxie that he was carrying from when he was at BYU, but that's not going to last in the league. Like, it's just not. So he's going to have to play smarter. Obviously, kind of vegan offensive lineman that's able to protect him. I think that's going to go a long way. And you get a solid, you get a solid prospect. It's Neil and Nick who are clear top two best offensive linemen prospects. And then like the third, we'll get to them a little later. But like there, there's a little bit of a gap between those two and then the rest of the pack. Okay, up next, number five, and that is New York Giants. And the New York Giants here. 
a lot of people were thinking, hey, just continue the streak of offensive linemen. I think McShay at one point said that there might be a potential of six offensive linemen, or there is a potential for six to go in the first ten. I don't see it. Um, I can see it, but I don't in my mock draft. And so I'm going to say that they address a glaring need on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that they go for Trayvon Walker, who was the, you know, every year the annual combine crazy statistical category leaps off the page. So I think Walker did that this year. And I think the Giants are going to be like, hey, we need him to help really build up our defense. And then up next after that, Carolina, number six. Now, this is where anything could happen, if we're just going to be honest. Because traditionally, the Carolina Panthers go defense no matter what. Like, they, mm-hmm. they look for secondary, they look for linebackers, edge rushers. Like, they focus so much on their defense that sometimes I think they don't even care where they are in the first round. They're just going to go defense. I think here they start thinking, okay, maybe we spend too much time defensively and we actually give a crap about our offense for once and protect whatever quarterback, whether – it's still going to be darn order if we try to bring someone else in to kind of be that quarterback of the future. And so similar to conversations about the Texans and the Jets, I think they go offensive line. And I have them going with Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State. Okay, nice. That's the Carolina Panthers? Yep. You and McShay agree on that one. After that, via Chicago, the Giants pick again. Yeah, and, and I think Chicago here, again, you look at, do they go offensive line? It would make sense, considering that there's a run, considering that's still a glaring need because... This is the Giants' pick, remember. They got it from Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I still think whether Chicago or the Giants, they need offensive line help. Right. Well, everyone like does. They, <laughs> so a little bit of a curveball here, and address their secondary, considering... They need help in the secondary, too. Mm-hmm. So I am going with Ahmad Garner, a.k.a. known as Sauce Garner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Okay, nice. Kenny Galladay actually led the Giants in receiving with just 521 yards. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, which is a lot because, uh, honestly, that whole – it was bad. It was definitely bad there, and right. I wouldn't be surprised if they did go wide receiver. There were a couple of things that were saying, oh, you go wide receiver here. Personally, I don't think that they would, but you just never know. Up next, number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Now the, here the Dirty Birds address a glaring need on the defense side of the ball. I saw a couple of mock drafts say that they go wide receiver mainly because of the Calvin Ridley scandal scenario. Well, he's out. Whatever that's going to be. <laughs> well, he's out for a full year, you know. $1,500 bet, you're losing out $11 million. 
trying to do those parlays. Yeah, I'm gonna say this why you don't let everyone use your phone. But yeah, that that whole controversy. Try to get a production. Just thinking about the aging core. But then if you look at the Falcons the past couple of years, even when Ridley was out this past season, like there were, Matt Ryan was throwing at the Joe Schmoes the majority of the season. But, I mean. It, can I ask you it this? Was, Can I ask you this, David? Yeah. You're saying he's passing it to the Joe Schmoes, but everyone keeps dogging him, saying that if Matt Ryan's the problem. Is it really Matt Ryan, or is it just they're not really good? Sometimes when fans get delusional and try to blame either the coach or the quarterback or the point guard or whatever sport it is, why can't some people just realize you got a bunch of Joe Schmoes? Well, I mean, I think it's a combination of both. I think. Matt Ryan is just like the epitome, just middle-of-the-road quarterback. Like, he has his moments, you know, where he gets to the Super Bowl, and then he's – what that's also, like, not on him because that's, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to rebuild that. But right. Matt Ryan is also at the edge of his career, and that team is built around Kyle Pitts being their primary target. I mean, I'm just – I just pulled up their depth chart. If you look, like – Russell Gage, Cezay Sharp, and Olamide Zacchaeus are your wide receiver one, two, and three right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and then if you go Christian Blake, Frank Darby, Austin Trammell, like those are your top six wide receivers according to your depth chart. And then Kyle Pitts, and then mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson, who's probably your best receiving target. He's your starting running back, mm-hmm. but because he's so versatile, he catches everything out the backfield and then gets the yak. So, I mean, it's a combination of, yeah, Matt Ryan is at the twilight of his career. But then also, that's all management for not giving them any big-time, big-name superstars at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Like, other than Kyle and Ridley, had I not mentioned any of those six guys by name, I mean, could, they, could any six of them walk into the studio right now, walk onto any campus – right now and be like, oh, I know who you are outside of their album monitors. Mm-hmm. Mm, like, prime of that. So it's like, like if, or even walk through the streets of Atlanta. Like, I bet you all the media Zacchaeus could walk through Atlanta right now and no one would know who he is. No, no. I mean, think about it though, David, also in football, people wear helmets. Yeah, yeah but even like, even without the helmets, like, we know who Calvin really is. Like, we know who, and maybe this, you know, because I'm a Steelers fan, like, I, I can know, recognize Juju Smith-Schuster walking down. I can recognize to be honest, though, Deontay I would, Johnson. But to be honest, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, I wouldn't know that. I know who, who they are on the football field. And Deontay Johnson went to the University of Toledo. But if, if I was walking down the street, I probably would know they're a professional athlete by their body build. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't know who they were just from their face. I mean, I would know who Big Ben is because me and him are pretty much the same age and he's been around for years. I think the celebrity ones you would know, but guys that are fringe or kind of not really in the spotlight, you wouldn't know who those guys are. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes with that. Like we're thinking about, for Atlanta, with some of those mock drafts with wide receiver, if you get a young guy who's fresh, who's dynamic, explosive, I mean, I was seeing conversations that they were going to go with 
Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, if you do go with him, is he going to one really be that? Is he going to want to be a number one where there's a clear gap without Calvin Ridley? And two, with an injury history, I mean, how, how much do you invest in a guy like a London? Mm-hmm. Like, how much do you think about investing on the offensive side of the ball if you don't know how much longer you're going to have Matt Ryan? Mm-hmm. You're keeping giving him all these weapons, weapons, and weapons. Eventually, you're going to have to replace the quarterback, too. So why not sure up the defensive side of the ball where you know you need help? Right, that is true. Up next, we go to number nine, the Seattle Seahawks, which is via Denver. Now, this becomes interesting because now they traded Russell Wilson. Now, where do they go? Now, I know this isn't a QB-rich draft, but does this change things? Or is this just pretty much a complete rebuild? Because, you know, Bobby Carpenter got the see you later, too. Yeah, I think this is a full rebuild, and I think it's obvious that number nine – they're going to go with Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, who looks most like kind of in that Russell Wilson build, if we're just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's the picture-perfect fit in the plug-and-play. He's He has a scrambling ability. He has a big arm that we've seen. Some people are saying, oh, do you use this pick here to go defense or secondary, try to rebuild kind of on the defense side of the ball, which was always the stronger of the two because Russell Wilson never had they barely had any help, but I think here you get the next franchise guy, and I think Willis, this is a dream perfect fit. As a Steelers fan, am I mad? Absolutely, because I wonder Willis. I wonder Willis to drop, but he could. Yeah, I've never heard of the guy, but he could drop. Yeah, I, I, I think the lowest, and there were a couple of mock drafts saying that the Steelers would try to trade up with. Um, the Chargers at 17. But I think now, unless we unless we drafted up ahead of Washington at 11, which I don't think that we're going to do, I think we're going to probably have the, the third pick of quarterbacks, possibly fourth, depending on what Minnesota does. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. After that, you go to number 10, New York Jets. This is, wow, that's a lot of New York, like you said, picks via Seattle. Yeah, and I think here, Kyle Hamilton, a lot of people think that Kyle Hamilton might go number two overall to Detroit because he's that good. I just don't know if safety is a bigger mm-hmm. need right now for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Some people are thinking, okay, if he drops there, the Jets might get him at four. I still think getting that offensive lineman is more important there. Obviously, the risk is someone trading up. And this, is, of course, is always without any trades. This is exactly where they fall. Or, like, any trades between teams on draft night. Trades are mm-hmm. obviously happening, as we're seeing. But could Hamilton easily go... To New York or the Giants at seven, yes. Could he easily go to Atlanta at eight? Yes. Could he? Is it possible, but not likely that he can go to Seattle at nine? Sure. But I think this is 
a perfect fit. A lot of people think that Kyle Hamilton is the best safety prospect, and I think he fits perfect with Seattle. Or excuse me, um, the New York Jets. He got this pick from Seattle. Mm. Okay, and then number 11. You wanted to get 11 in here. The Washington, the, yeah, Washington say it. Commanders. Used to be the yeah. R word, but now the Commanders. But now they have a quarterback in Carson Wentz, so now this kind of changes things again. Does it, though? Okay. And and, and I, I have it down on my kind of 1.0 list here, and I'm not changing it. I still think they go with Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt. Like I oh, just really okay. I just don't think Carson Wentz is a long term prospect. And like with any team, if you bring in a quarterback and if you draft another quarterback, you're waiting at the wings, just like with Seattle. Mm-hmm. Is Malik Willis going to start Week One? No. He's probably going to sit behind Drew Locke for a year, learn the system, learn kind of things. And we see this all the time with all the quarterbacks. I say by week seven, eight, nine, depending on where Seattle's at, they'll give Malik Willis a little bit more playing time, a little bit more playing time. Mm-hmm. And then similar with Washington, if you get your quarterback of the future and Kenny Pickett, and you just like Carson Wentz play out the rest of his, if we're just going to be honest, mediocre career, kind of get a, a year here, let him get well. I don't know if I would and say. And I don't know if you'd say next medi- year, David. I don't know if you'd say mediocre career. I mean, he was yeah. up for MVP candidate until he messed his knee up. So I don't know if it'd be mediocre. I think it'd be average. Putting in that couple because he did have a couple of decent seasons until he got injured. No, no, he didn't. You know, he had that great trajectory. He was he was on the cusp, but it says something that after you know in Indianapolis where. He was basically the guy, and like he was supposed to be the piece, and it didn't work out. And so the guy that trusted in him and Frank Reich is saying, we'd rather just trade you and rebuild. Like, that says something. It says something that in Philadelphia, they go for a younger quarterback that, and I listen to a lot of Philadelphia radios because of where I'm at, like, they're not 100% sold. Like they are, like they don't want Wentz, mm-hmm. but at the same time, people in Philadelphia are like, eh, "Are we really sold on kind of who we have now?" To the point to where there are some conversations amongst fan bases thinking that this year they will get a quarterback to challenge. Like, like it, it says a lot that the people that put capital and invested and had all these high recommendations about Carson Wentz are now like, eh, it's all right if he goes. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that says a lot. But no, I, I don't know. Okay, that, that okay. That's your mock draft uh, 1.0, the first 11. After that, Minnesota Vikings are at 12. And I kind of surprised you didn't go 13 with the Cleveland Browns or the Ravens or even the Eagles at 15. But we'll stay tuned for that. Well, I mean, we can. I got him. I got him in ours. I got him on deck. So. Okay, so we'll go to the top 15 actually, not 11, because 11 is a weird number. 
Very weird number. So number 12, the Vikings. All right, so if we go to the Vikings, I think it's another one of those questions about how how much longer do you trust in Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. is a million-dollar question. Again, this is another conversation. Do you go defense to really sure up what was arguably a disappointing campaign defensively? Or do you go with offensive linemen to really help sure up some of those questions that you have to protect the long-term investment? I think if I'm the Vikings, I just pull the trigger and go quarterback and just say, you know, this is our guy for the future. Not saying that Kirk Cousins is going to get Aaron Rodgers' money. I hope not. I mean, but I, I think that Sam Howe can be the quarterback of the future, or at least the next couple years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they'll go quarterback Sam Howe from North Carolina. And I mean, the last guy that came from North Carolina and went to NFC North, mm-hmm. eh, he, he lasted a couple of years. I don't know what happened to him since, but well, he's, he's lasted a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Next up, up is Cleveland Browns. Rough, rough. Oh, the Brownies. You got to love them because you just don't know what to expect. But I think Cleveland... Oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to say go get quarterback because there are a lot of young quarterbacks and we don't trust Baker Mayfield. And part of me agrees. Part of me agrees with the idea that maybe, maybe it's time to think about the quarterback of the future. Oh, saying, well, we, how, well, where are you going to get the quarterback of the future in a weak draft at number 13? Well, I mean, if you, and I'm, I'm not, this is not my pick, but if you look at the quarterbacks available in my mock draft, the next highest ranked player coming out or of this draft class is Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So you're already like, hey, local Ohio, I mean, look, you know, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, whatever the drive. But, like, in Ohio, you, in Ohio right now, we're familiar with the name, understands the fan base of the AFC North, being in Cincinnati and seeing all of this, get a quarterback that has that edge to him from the, what we've seen. Like, all things would check to... Okay, if they were to go quarterback in this proverbial mock draft, go get Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think that the Cleveland ownership is so invested and committed to Baker Mayfield for this last year, knowing that this is, you know, contract extension, put up or shut up, mm-hmm. that they're going to try to be like, okay, Baker, this is it. We're going to give you a weapon. I have them drafting Drake London, the wide receiver on the UFC or USC. We're going to give you all the weapons. We're going to give you everything that you need to succeed. And basically say, if you screw this up, you're out. Like this is last chance to loom. At least for me, I think 
I think that's the way that they're going to go. I think that's the mentality in Cleveland. Maybe not all that all of them share, but I know that there's at least a couple who are thinking, hey, if we can get a young quarterback, maybe we can go get a Ritter. Maybe we can even go get Matt Corral, the quarterback from Ole Miss, who's also young, kind of has that bravado to him. But I, I think because he's hovering there and knowing that, okay, there's a couple quarterbacks that have gone off the board ahead of him, at least in my mock draft, do you just take the chance and hope that this dark horse becomes the best quarterback of the draft? Mm. Could be. Number 14, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers' favorite, more to one of me. I think they're just going to continue to do what they do and that buff up and get their defense younger, faster, better. I mean, no one would expect them to do anything else. So I'm going with Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. Nice. Okay, well, I guess he kept it nice, sweet, and simple. And then now the last pick here, 15, Philadelphia Eagles via Miami. Yeah, and this is another one where there's a lot of ways that they can go defensively because they have so many needs. You're thinking edge rusher, do you go linebacker, kind of who is a little bit younger. Or try, do you try to go younger at the linebacker core? Do you try to go secondary? Because defensively, they were trash. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's just kind of take the band-aid off. They were trash. Everyone said that they were trash. Analysts, commentators. Like, the defense was embarrassing. <laughs> the defensive coordinator plays basic high school D-level defenses, which ticks off everyone. But sometimes um, if you don't have the talent, you might have to do stuff like that. <laughs> I, I know how it is as a coach. Sometimes when you don't have the talent, simple. You just got to keep it simple. Well, I mean, there's there's keeping it simple, and then there's, like, dumbing it down to the point where even the most average quarterback or offensive coordinator on the other side is like, you guys don't do anything outside of this, so we're able to just dick and duck. And we saw it time and time again, especially in the playoffs, where they were saying, hey, Tom Brady could just wake up in his sleep and just destroy this cover, too. Right. So for them, I think they definitely go younger on defense with both the 15th and the 16th pick mm. since they have back-to-back. And I think that they go with 15, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. Mm. Hold on, hold on, David. Mm. All right. And this is So David and Frank, what, Frank is on the phone line right now. David just ending his segment. Frank, where are you at? Please don't tell me you had some referee place or something because I hear stuff in the background. <laughs> Oh, I'm actually at home right now. I've got uh, Auburn and Texas A&M on. Uh, Auburn is about to lose to A&M. They're down six with 15 seconds left. All right, turn it down, Frank. You don't want to hear that. All right, sorry. There, just muted it. All right, cool. All right, David, finish up. He's top 15 of the mock draft. Um, Who would you put on there? Who would you pick? You're about to tell us who you were going to go with. Uh, Frank or David. Right, so fi- at fifteen is Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. Okay. And for the Lions, who'd you pick at number two? I went edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Mm. Frank, what you think? I can. 
I've definitely been on the Thibodeau camp more so just because this is this is what I said about Aiden Hutchinson. I think if he gets picked by Detroit, given the fact that he played his high school ball at Dearborn Divine Child, also played at Michigan, that's going to put a lot of pressure on him to basically put a, be the second coming of Jared Allen. And if he's not doing that by after his rookie season or his second year, and everybody and their brother is going to call him a bust. So I'd rather he not have that heat on him. I think he's going to be successful in the NFL, but I'd just rather he go somewhere else. I think he'll be much better off. No, that's okay, because I have Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. So. Oh, in- interesting. What? Well, David, I know you're kind of the closet Jags fan among us, so I've been saying Jacksonville needs somebody to protect Trevor Lawrence, so... I go edge rusher instead of offensive line with somebody like an Evan Neal or a dude from NC State, whose name I can't pronounce for the life of me. Yeah, and I mean that's always oh, been the question, kind of, but even so, I was kind of saying at the start of the segment, the Jags' bread and butter and what made them an elite team was their defense. And so, yes, I understand wanting to protect Trevor Lawrence, but I'd rather sure up and solidify that defense so that even if you need to get an offensive lineman, there's always going to be linemen that are kind of those prospects that are on the edge of the first round, kind of early day two guys that turn out to be elite studs. It's hard to get another edge rusher at the level of Aiden Hutchison. It's hard to get um, – and yes, like you can get offensive linemen, you can go Evan Neal, you can go Ekwonu. I just think Aiden Hutchinson was the best player in college football last year. I think you got it would be disappointing if they missed out on Aiden Hutchinson and went offensive linemen. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get another, you're, there's not going to be an Aiden Hutchinson in the second round. Well, da- well, David, let me ask you this. There were there's some saying that Aiden Hudson, well, he's pretty damn good. They're saying that he's not uh, a Nick Bosa or uh, uh, shoot, just trying to think who else uh, or, a, or a Jadavian Clowney or, or somebody like that. Any thoughts? I mean, if he can be like a TJ Watt, well, so, oh, well, it's interesting you say that because I think if he becomes a TJ Watt, he's going to have to play outside of the 3 4 defense. Well, I mean, I just think kind of like like with the name, like thinking name and then draft position. And so I think kind of coming into the league, everyone was thinking about your David and Clowney because of the big hit, Outback Bowl against Michigan. Like everyone, like he was like that. Ooh, wow. Like he had that highlight reel playing, you know, every five seconds. Nick Bosa had the track record, kind of was that consistent player, which I think Aiden Hudson fits that build. I think I think Aiden Hudson can display at either uh three four or four three on the edge, kind of I think he's an he's a great pass rusher and in that division where if you're looking at the rest of the quarterbacks in that division, you don't have to be um, kind of like you have, you can be great on most Sundays and still 
get one sack, sack and a half, two sacks in that division against those quarterbacks. And I, do I think Aiden Hutchinson probably um, – a lot of people will probably have questions because of um, how he looked in the playoffs. Of course, but everyone has down games. I think he's trending upward. I think power, ability, skill, quickness against the run, against the pass. I, I just think he's hard to overlook. Mm. Okay. Well, fellas, we got to end this segment a little bit. Um, Frank, what you got coming up? Uh, just recapping some high school basketball in my area and kind of previewing uh, – district championships hopefully we can uh, at least give that out for the people before they tip off tonight i wanted to including the one that i'll be on the mic for oh you're back you're still doing the mic stuff huh yep i got one tonight okay so you're doing that and i think you were doing major league baseball right um if i get through this quick enough i might be able to just talk about uh the miracle of the lockout ending yeah because you and david like baseball and i by the way, the the Bears traded Khalil Mack, which saves on money, so I'm happy with that one. Yeah, him and him and Joey Bosa in uh, L.A. playing for the Chargers could actually uh, have their hat in the ring if uh, Justin Herbert really blah, has another great year at quarterback. Yeah, that that is true. Well, you listen to 88.3 WTS. After further review, when we return, we'll talk a little Michigan or Misha. High school basketball is they're just starting. Your tournaments are just starting off, right, Frank? Franklin. Yeah, it's a di- yeah district finals are tonight. I believe Ohio at uh, is in the regional round, if I'm not mistaken. I for saw the line senior advance to the regional finals yeah, at Savage last night. Girl, well, actually, they won on Wednesday night. Um, oh, Wednesday, Wednesday night, excuse me. Yeah, because um, gir- girls, girls the semifinals states. are this weekend. Yeah, it's semifinals for the states for girls. Anthony Wayne, a dub is in the state final four. Uh, they beat us in the first round of the tournament. Yeah. So pretty crazy. And I, believe, and I believe Bedford actually scrimmaged Anthony Wayne in the preseason. Possibly. Yes, possibly. So we got through another season. Seems like COVID is kind of going away, but that that was pretty cool. But we'll take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll have more after further review. And we'll have Frank Vashner on the other side. This is Morrow, 88.3. 